This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Real EFL podcast. We're back again for another week. Um, I'm joined today by Liam and producer Gary from the outset. Uh, it's a little bit of a different show this week. There's maybe not as much transfer news as we might have hoped to get giddy about. Um, so today, both Liam and Gary bring their stories and anecdotes of their experiences as being mascots. So Liam, do you want to, well, A, say hello, but tell us briefly about kind of your mascot persona, and then we'll do the same for Gary and just have a chat about it. Hello. Hi. Um, Hi. Yeah. So I've not done it as long as Gary has, as far as I know. Um, but that's not fair because he has an age advantage on me. But I get to, I, I say get to because I do feel like it's like a privilege. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I get to run around as a seven foot Bantam uh, on on weekends, on midweek games as as Bradford City's Billy Bantam, which is amazing. What Love makes it. it a Bantam and not a chicken? Uh, I think, well, weirdly, a Bantam is a smaller chicken. But, uh, but Billy Bantam's seven foot tall. Huh. So I I don't, I mean, if he was Billy the chicken, he'd probably be nine foot tall. I think that's probably okay. the only difference. Really. It's something I've always wondered about. Yeah. And what about you, Gary? Uh, yep. Yeah, hello. So uh, I'm not a mascot anymore because no. I got too fat for the suit. Um, but I was Lincoln City mascot poacher, the imp. From 1998 until uh, 2013, and I did it sporadically up until 2016, uh, and then I nearly got stuck in the suit um, the day we beat Braintree 3-0, and uh, after that I concentrated on writing and media. Nice. And was being a mascot something you grew up thinking that you'd like to aspire to be, or did you? how, how did you both get into it? For, for any aspiring mascots out there? Well, if I, I had to give any advice, oh, go on, I'll let you go, go first, on. Gary, actually. Okay, well, I actually uh, did it to get in for free, um, so I couldn't <laughs> afford a season ticket in 98, and it just appeared on the back of the Echo. I actually thought I was going to get paid for it, and I thought, a little bit of pocket money. Um, I'd lost a job at a chip shop, which on a Saturday afternoon, a Saturday evening, which was quite good, um, and I turned up, and I went for this interview to be a mascot in a shirt and tie with... Uh, with a folder full of ideas as to what I could do as the mascot. Right. 
Um, and yeah, I was the only one apparently that bothered with any of that. So they gave me the job and then said, oh, it's voluntary, but you do get it for free. So, and I still get the guy, he's, the guy that interviewed me is the announcer at the club now. And he still says, I remember this little ginger kid walking in with a little folder. You know, I put more work into that than my first actual job interview. <laughs> and was it like, did, it, did they ever assess a level of kind of performance or confidence that you needed to be a mascot? Because it strikes me as something that you need a certain personality for? I, um, hmm. no, they didn't. Not for, not for me anyway. Um, but I think that to have the, the balls to apply for that when you know what it is, I think that's, mm. that says enough about you as a person. Um, my, my way of getting into it was a little bit different in that I'd seen the advert. It had been out for a while. And weirdly, it was on Indeed, which, you know, imagine I decided to put that on Indeed. And we were at, it was the first, just after COVID, we played Brighouse Town in pre-season and it was my missus' first ever Bradford game. And we went, now I'd known Ryan Sparks, our CEO, for a little bit and we'd, we'd, we'd been talking. And after the game finished, we went into the bar and he was sat with all the directors and they were having a, a drink. So we sat with him, we had a chat and he mentioned Billy Bannon. And I was like, oh, yeah, I saw the advert. And he went, yeah, you should apply. And I thought he was joking. And I went, yeah, 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 I should. Um, I'm about to enter my third season. So I'm starting to think he may have been serious. But, yeah, no, it, that's how I ended up doing it. It was a little bit of an off-the-cuff comment. And do you know what? Like, when I turned up, I didn't do what you did. Like, I didn't have a, a folder or anything, but I had a head full of ideas. And I sent ideas on email. And three of us got the job. Um one guy never turned up at hmm. all. Like literally, never showed up for it. He was he was apparently a professional mascot. Um, he did it all oh, over yeah. the place, different places. He never showed up. The other guy said he'd done it before, and when we checked, it turned out he hadn't done it before. And he only did it once. And on the one time that he did it, I was it was my weekend off. I couldn't go to the game, and my phone rang all morning up until he had to put that suit on. Where do I go? What do I do when I've got this on? And I was like, I'd only done it twice at this point. I was like come on you've like there needs to be a standard and we've got to all meet this same level and that's why you get quite protective over it like you, you do if anyone wants to do it now i'm very okay not an issue but you've got to be able to do what i do because that's it's not me that's doing it that's who the character is and that's what people expect and yeah really it's hard <laughs> to get into and there is a there is like a a real i don't know it takes a special sort of person i think to get into that character it really is strange. You mentioned professional mascots. I'm intrigued by this. So there, there are people that are, Gary's not, <laughs> nodding enthusiastically. There are people who are professional mascots? Well, kind of. So um, back when, about 2001, I met a guy called Rob, who was the whole city mascot. Uh, and then we went down to um, Shrewsbury, where there was a game, the Battle of the Mascots. It was a Guinness World Record attempt. Uh, and Rob turned up as Alex the Greek from Exeter. And it's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, I work for Exeter now. Um, and then six months later, we went down to be on Ant and Deck on Slap Bang. And he turns up in the Billy the Brewer outfit. He's like, oh, yeah, no, now I've moved to Burton. And it's it's just like, wow, how many different clubs can you be? And I, I always used to get, like, I used to get a little bit hissy with Fred the Red. 
because like the Man United mascot, he'd be getting like 50 quid a pop and they'd fly him out to Singapore and he'd go over to Singapore and that sort of thing. There was me putting yeah. petrol in my car to drive away to Boston United. And do you know what I mean? And you'd turn up, Rushton Diamonds tried to charge me a ticket when I got turned up like. And it's, yeah. So, but yeah, the professional mascot thing, it was quite amusing. Funnily enough, I, um, I almost moved to Shrewsbury. It'd be 20 years ago now. Uh, and their mascot's a guy called Ron Lenny the Lion. Really, really nice guy. I assume he still does it. Uh, and he actually got me a gig. He was going to get me in as the mascot at one of their local non-league clubs so I could keep doing it. I think it was also a street town or some, something like that. Um, and it fell through. But, yeah, you know, our, our skills are transferable. And also um, they are, you know, quite unique. You have a unique skill set, like Liam Neeson in Taken, but sweatier. Mm -hmm. Yes. Nice. And... Um... Was it something that you instantly, you know, you put on the suit and you instantly loved it? Or was it something, you know, again, with that persona and confidence in mind, I assume that that grows over time? Or is it an instant, I actually, I love doing this. I can't wait to do it again next week. Liam? Right now, yes, it's the latter. Like, mm -hmm. I can't, pre-season, I hear because like it's, I can't wait for this Saturday because we've got our first preseason game. It's away at Bury, which is their first game back at Gig Lane as well. And I'm like, I'm going to be on the pitch and I'm going to, like for the first game, I can't wait. Um, but in the beginning, I did a trial, which was at like a, it was like an open day at a school on the AstroTurf with all the, the, the school kids. And you just basically put the suit on for half an hour. You do a penalty shootout and it's basically just to make sure you're okay. When it came to the first game, 20 minutes into it, I was blowing out of my ass. Like I had to go off to the side, take the helmet off, have a drink of water. And for the first few months, that was kind of the norm. But now I don't feel like I've got any fitter as a person, but now I can put that suit on at half past one and I can keep it on until 10 past five and not have to take it off. No breaks, no water. And I just keep going. And it's like, you kind of grow into it and you get used to it and you know what to expect. And yeah, so I don't know. I didn't hate it at first, but it wasn't as enjoyable as it is now. It it takes a while, and it used to reset every time I got a new suit as well. So, like, the first one, you would wear it, and it'd be all, all these little things would be like, oh, that's uncomfortable, or I can't do this, or I can't see, because you don't always see through the eyes. Like, I used to see through the mouth, and I'd learn to be able to open the mouth up to see things. And then I'd get a new head, and I'd put it on, and be like, oh, this is really weird again. And I'd hate that for a, a short while. Like It's kind of like um, like a new pair of slippers. You know, you first put them on, and you they're not quite you, and then eventually you wear them in, and there they are. So, um, I mean, for me, because I was, I was quite young when I started, so um, I was 19 or 20 when I first did it, and I wasn't particularly confident. And our first game, it was against, uh, it was a pre-season friendly against Grimsby. And, and all I did was just walk up and down in front of the stand. And if there was some music on, um, I remember Oasis was on and I tried to stand like Liam Gallagher singing. And I came home and I thought, that's crap. I'm never going to be able to do this. And, you know, and that, but you, you grow. You, Liam mentioned a minute ago about, you know, you become the character and you hold the character in high regard. The character is some, it's not you. It, it You know, it, it's every bit like playing Coronation Street. I mean, I don't know anyone who's in Coronation Street now, but... You know, back when whoever Bet used to play Bet Lynch, you know what I mean? Like, she was Bet Lynch in Coronation Street, and nobody else could do that, and that was her character. And I got quite protective over that as well. I think it's because, and the way that I describe it, is that the character that I play in this is essentially me dialed up to 10. So, like, my normal day thing, all the things that I do when I've got that suit on, I would love to do without that suit on. 
I just cannot do it because you can only get away with it in certain certain things. But yeah, it's essentially everything that I want to do, I get to do. I mean, I, I would never be able to walk up to a referee as a fan and like mock his warm up, stand in front of him taking the mic and like go to shake his hand and pull my hand away. I couldn't get, I couldn't do that. Like the referee would put a complaint in about the fans doing things like that. But I do it every single week as a mascot because I can live out that kind of. That little thing that I've put in my head, oh, I really want to do this. I'm going to try it. And there's no that I won't try. You said about the the uh, the Liam Gallagher thing. Mine was the Cristiano Ronaldo celebration. And I used ah. to score a goal, I run down the touchline and do the celebration. And I don't know how he does it because I blew my knee out nearly every single time. <laughs> and like I don't do it anymore, but every single game still before the game, I get approached by kids saying, will you do the Ronaldo celebration? Will you do it? Like, I kind of can't. My leg's like one jump away from just disintegrating at this stage. And the the kids must be a really nice side of it. Are they always nice? I can imagine. I mean, my kids at Disneyland, you know, were a little bit rough, shall we say, sometimes with their enthusiasm. Any stories? Yeah, let me tell you, kids are wankers. Sorry for the language, but they absolutely are. And did they were potentially they were the best and the worst thing about the job because they were the best thing when they would come up and it was their first game and then mum wanted to have the picture and you knew that you were creating a memory. I my first game there was no mascots but they they used to run on with like a cuddly imp and I'd always think oh that'd be so great I've made that memory. Um, but that's five percent of kids. The other ninety five percent were uh, little sods and and you can't do anything back so like if, if you go up to an adult and adult gives you a push or does something silly you can give them it back do you know what i mean and, and it mm. works well you can't do that with a six-year-old but when he's just punched you in the neck is you, you kind of have to stand there and go oh isn't it funny and then you know they're all doing it and he's like haha this is the funniest thing ever and it isn't the funniest thing ever the only good thing about the kids is that they are actually rubbish at penalties uh, and i never ever let a penalty in on purpose I'm competitive. I'm like, there's a click ball of a calm save in the mall. That was me. And so it kind of made me feel that I was better at football. Like, you know, five-year-old, it trickles towards you and they're all going, oh, he's going to let it in. And I'm like, welly it, like Peter Kay, have it. Turn around and give it that to the crowd. Yeah, yeah. And that, that you you just mentioned a specific thing there just about them just punching you at balls. That happened to me two weeks ago. Um, oh. I, went to a, I went to a kid's birthday party and I walked through the gate and the first thing he did was just cock his fist back and just slam it straight into me. But I'm right dramatic when all like that happens. I'll just drop to the floor um, and make it look like I'm really hurt. But do you know what? Like, I get For me, I get what you're saying. It's not really the kids that I think are the problem there. It's the parents that parents, don't yeah. set those boundaries. And, you know, my, so obviously it's a bit more difficult at Bradford because we've, we've got 17, 18,000 fans. And it's one thing we had... Um, we had a girl called Katie from, uh, she was from The Athletic that came, not last season, the season before, to do like a day, Katie Wyatt, her name is, she came to do a, a, just a game as Billy, so basically see what it was like. And um, before she went in, she said to me, you know, have you got any advice? I said, be prepared to let people down. Like, that's what you've got to be prepared here because the 17,000 people, you can't, you cannot make time for 17,000 people. You've got to try and space it evenly, like walk across one stand, spend the same amount of time at each. You've got to walk on to the next. And the the ones that always kind of got to me, and they don't get to me anymore because I think people have kind of realised where I'm going to be and I've got a routine, but I would go across the main stand, then behind the goal, then down the other stand towards the away fans, 
And then a steward would come and say, oh, there's someone in that corner waiting for you. And I'd be like, I'm, I'm sorry, you've you've seen me come and you've not come down for it. You now want him to go, but I've kind of got to keep going. And if I get back round, fine. But there was that. And then there was the, uh, the issue. It wasn't an issue, but you can't miss a mascot. You see them coming a mile off. So when they're getting close to your section, if you have a child that you know is going to want a photo, go down. Don't wait until they get there. Get through all the photos and they're about to walk away and then shout from the back of the stand and go, oh, and then slowly walk down. Then they get to the front and they go, where's my phone? And then they get the phone out of the pocket and then they're like, what's my passcode? And you're, meanwhile, you're stood in there sweating, like ready to pass out. And it's yeah, that's, that's the hardest bit. Like, I don't think people kind of appreciate at times. You're ruthless. I was a people pleaser. Me, I'd still be out 15 minutes after kickoff if I thought. And, and I'll tell you something you always do. No word of a lie. Every time someone takes your photo, you smile. What's the point? I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. I What's don't know why I do it. I don't know why. You smile yeah. and your fingers, your face hurts because you smile that much. Yeah. And afterwards, you're like, why have I smiled? That was awful. But yeah, I'm the same. You smile that? no matter Hello. what. Um, it's it's what you said about the girl. You said about the girl from the athletic as well. Um, I had something similar. They 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 were media students or something, and they came over. It was um, Boxing Day two thousand and nine. We were playing Chesterfield at home. We were awful that season as well. Um, Looked like we were going to go down. And they came over to experience the day as a mascot because people like that. It's the sort of thing a day tripper will go. Oh, that's an unusual job. I wonder. You know, is it hot in that suit? Of course it's hot. Do you know what I mean? I've got an inch layer of foam all over me. So anyway, so I made a Mrs. Poacher outfit. So we got the old Poacher outfit and we did some butcher into it. And honestly, it's horrific. I'll, I will find pictures <laughs> to tweet out. Um, you know, we were like red felt. Hair. It was terrible. So we put, I put this guy in it and we went out and he, he was mic'd up and he had mic'd me up so that we could record, he could record audio of the day. And um, so I was out, we were playing chess filled half time they were giving it all this about you know who's the pedo in the suit or whatever because they think that's hilarious uh, and i was talking to him on the microphone going i'll oh, just ignore him and i won't swear now it's using absolutely foul language like you know they're just a bunch of this and that um and we we're walking back across the pitch uh towards the the dugout and he was he said something to me he goes oh you're tired and i've been on the beer and that all day so oh yeah I'm knackered mate and i could just see him at the side of the pitch doing this I'm like, what's their problem? And I actually said, what's their effing problem? And like, no, no, no. We got over to the side of the pitch and uh, the guy who was like commercial manager at the time lent in and he goes, are you on a radio? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're mic'd up. He goes, it's the same frequency as the tannoy. And so underneath the music <laughs> on the tannoy around the whole stadium, you could just every so often hear me dropping F-bombs left, right and centre. Um, and I never did see <laughs> the film, unfortunately, for that either. Oh, that is bad. It's not the worst, believe me. <laughs> and so, Liam, you mentioned that you go to away games. That's not something that you see many mascots do, I think. Was that your choice? Is it something that you wanted to do? Is it something the club wanted to do? Um, yeah, no, my, it was mainly my choice. I, I want to... Uh, one of the things when I first started doing this was that when fans came to us, we wanted them to know who the mascot, like we wanted them to yeah. recognise the mascot and hate the mascot before they get there. The away fans, you want them to hate you. That's the point. So going to away grounds as the mascot and basically turning up on their turf and it's, it's weird, but at the same time, it annoys them when they see you come out of things like the tunnel because they can't go in the tunnel. 
they can't go in the changing rooms next to the changing rooms where their where their favorite players are, but you can, and you're from another club, and then you go on the pitch and you wind them up, and you know when they when they come back to the away or the the home game, they kind of there's a little bit more anger at times, and don't get me wrong, sometimes it goes too far, but it it kind of I was arranging away trips myself. I was contacting the clubs, letting them know who I was, and then I was getting an email of approval, then forwarding it on to Bradford. Bradford would green light, yeah, I'd pick mm-hmm. up the suit and off I'd go. But there are there's certain clubs that I don't want to say I won't do again, but I'll, because I will, but I'll be a little bit more cautious. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've got any stories similar to this, Gary, but have you, have you been attacked by a fan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was... At Grimsby this season just gone and there's a shock. I stayed, yeah. So we, we did that. Me and Mighty Mariner, we did the full 90 minutes. It was great. He was brilliant, like, absolutely brilliant. He did his thing, and that thing is, I've been warned beforehand. I knew how sneaky he was. He'd challenge you to a press up competition and he'd do his press ups. And then when you'd do yours and you'd get close to his, he'd sit on your back. So you fell. And that was his tactic. So I was like, right. So when he did the when he did his press ups, I sat on his back. But thing is, I sat on his back during the game, fell backwards, rolled onto the pitch, and on the thing you've got um, who's at the side of me? Uh, Timmy Odessina, I think Jan Songo on the video, just both looking, or, and Lee Angle, just both look, all looking down at me, laughing. Um, and I'm laying on my back. I'm like, I'm on the pitch trying to get off. But at full time, the whistle went, and you had to walk through the home end at Grimsby. And I was like, I'll stay on the pitch, I'll wait. Bear in mind, I'd gone to Grimsby as Billy, but I'd bought a fishmonger's coat and hat, a fishing rod, inflatable fish. And I was really on the wind-up. Like, I was running around pretending to catch fish and throwing to crowd. And I waited until the stand's almost emptied. And as I left, James, who does Mighty Mariner, was in front of me. My partner was there because she's my chaperone. She was walking in front. And I heard this shouting behind me. And I turned. And this, this bloke, 50s got to be at least in his 50s, screaming and swearing at me. What are they letting you effing come here for? Like, obviously, I have the suit on, so I'm kind of, hmm. So I turn away to walk, and he shoves me from behind, and there's, like, metal bars. My arm goes through it, but he keeps shoving me, and my arm's then twisted back, and I'm like, if I don't push back, I'm going to break my arm. So I shoved backwards and then took my helmet off, and I went back at him, and when I went back at him, the steward stepped in, and I was like, you've just watched him shoving me up against these bars and done nothing. Um, but obviously, the guy who did Mighty Marin James came back out then because he'd seen what had gone on. And it got dealt with. Don't get me wrong, the club were brilliant. I can't fault the club in any way. But I'm a seven-foot chicken and you're a 50-odd-year-old man. Like, come on. I'm there for the kids. It's what it's about. Yeah. Clearly yeah, very triggered. I, I mean, I've had it a couple of times. I've had it at Sinsel Bank. Um, where we played Sunderland in the FA Cup and I was walking along shaking hands and we'd reorganised the ground to accommodate the Sunderland fans. And of course, red and white striped shirt, I didn't know I'd strayed over. And I was shaking a couple of hands and they were fine. And then all of a sudden just launched straight over the top and punches me square in the face. Well, to be fair, it's, yeah, I've got, it was a thick face. It was like a, so it kind of took it. But you think, oh dear. I had York City fans steal my head. Um, So I was shaking hands and they nicked my head. And then, so I'm just stood there, just me in the full suit with my little red face. And they were throwing it everywhere, going, way, way, and they're all spitting in it. And of course, when it came back, I put it on and it was just full of, <laughs> full of York City spit. But the worst was probably Boston away. 
must be something about the other Lincolnshire clubs because <laughs> at Boston, you, I mean, it, York Street's closed down now, but you had to get changed at one end of the ground, but it was so tight, you had to walk in the stand to get back to the away end. At the beginning of the game, it was okay because they didn't know who I was. But when I went out at half time, they obviously realised I who I was. So I went out as poacher and I did all my stuff and they, I didn't go near them. I knew what was going to happen. But then I had to get walked back through the stands and they were spitting at me and throwing punches at me out of the suit because they knew who I was. Yeah. Um, it, and it, Yeah, it does happen. And I think what Liam touched on there is when they're attacking you, people kind of see it as, oh, look at it, the mascot. It's almost like you're some sort of punch man. Like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's only the mascot. He'll take it. He's got his pad in. And then if the second you do something back, it's, mm -hmm. I mean, and, and I didn't an awful lot. I can't ever remember kind of going back at someone that wasn't also in a mascot suit, but you know, instantly then it's, well, no, you're the, you're the, you're the bad one. You're bringing the club into disrepute. And don't be wrong. We got away with a lot more in what I say our day, you know, through the early 2000s, I got away with blue murder that I know Liam wouldn't get away with now, but yeah. Yeah. I, I just kind of walk away. Um, I'm the, the club are quite good at briefing me on where to go and what to do. Um, but unfortunately there's, there's certain cases where even if you follow all the instructions, there's still some people that, that that don't particularly like you, and sometimes it's not even just fans. Um, another story, and it, it makes me laugh. It happened this season, and I still find it hilarious. Was Rochdale? Now I'd been warned before we went to Rochdale by the guy who used to be the mascot, and he said to me, "He said, look, if you go to Rochdale, this is where they're going to make you stand. Said, Be careful because the Rochdale fans that are closest to you, when I was last there, threw a cup of wee over me." Mm -hmm. <laughs> over me I said, so be careful I'm like right that's fine I'm prepared so I go and I speak to the head steward where do you want me he's like right you can go between here and here don't go on the pitch go here and here I was like, absolutely fine not a problem so I go to where I'm told to go and I there's like a wall at the end of the stand at the right. front there's like a little wall at the front so I sat on that and it still makes me <laughs> laugh because because it was quite a dull part of the game when this happened and BBC Radio Leeds ended up commentating on what was happening with me <laughs> rather than the game because I was sat and I was watching the game and the steward came and stood directly in front of me. So I was like, all right, fair enough, that's his space. So I slid to the right, probably two mm -hmm. foot to the right. So he stepped <laughs> two foot to his left. So he was stood in front of me staring at me. So I moved back. So he stepped back. Then he got on his radio and two or three more stewards came and stood with him. And I was like, I can't see. So I stood up and I, I looked around him and he got nose to nose with me. <laughs> and he, he he literally swore at me. He said, effing sit down. He said, and if you score, stay sat down. And I just leant back in and I went, i tell you what it is right now, mate. We score, I'm gone. I said, I assure <laughs> you I'm gone. And he was like, no, you're not. And he called his, the head steward and the head steward came around and he said to him, tell him he's got to stay sat down there. And the head steward went, he's... He's the mascot. Anyway, as the head steward said that, Sam Stubbs scored a header for Bradford and I just ran. And there's a video uh, that someone filmed. Uh, I think he's called Around the Grounds. He's a YouTuber. He was in the Rochdale end and he was filming me. And there's a video of him filming the Bradford end when we score. And all you see is me running and this steward chasing me down the side <laughs> as I'm jumping and fist pumping the air. Um, but he came back and started again afterwards. And I was just, in the end, I just lent in. I said, People don't see you arguing with me. You, they see you stood arguing with a seven-foot chicken. Yeah. I said, you, you look ridiculous. Walk away. 
and he, he he walked away in the end. And you know, like I just I don't know. I, I yeah, I think Gary's right. Certain I think they think that you'll just take it because you're a cuddly character, and you know you've you've kind of still got to be very cautious, you know. And you've so we've done kids, stewards, fans. What about the players? How did they like? What's that interaction like? Me and Liam have spoken about my ongoing battle with Barry Conlon that Barry Conlon doesn't know about. Legend, um, legend. Yeah, so I, I'm going to mention a couple of names actually. There, there was a, the first one was a lad play for Exeter City, and I don't know who it was, but I used to have this thing where when they were warming up, I'd steam in, kick the ball away. I'd steam in, ask him for a pass. I go, oh, pass me the ball, pass me the ball, and they'd pass it, thinking I'm going to pass it back to him. Um, and I wouldn't. I'd do the Peter K, have it into the stands, and then I'd run away, waving my hands. Come on, everybody! Uh, and an Exeter lad, when I did that, went and got the ball, brought it back, and booted it at my back. Fair <laughs> enough, I, I deserved that. And then Paul Warren was a sub for Rochdale, and I did it to him as well at my back. So I stopped doing it because I thought I could get hurt. And then um, we played uh, Darlington in 2007, and I came out the tunnel. And when I used to come out the tunnel at the beginning of the game. I used to, there was a ball and I'd just kick it onto the pitch and yay, and come running out. Mm -hmm. And I came out and I kicked this ball and it turned out it was Barry Conlon's ball. But instead of just kicking it at my back, he picked it up, brought it to within three feet of me and then just drop kicked it in my face. And it oh. split my lip. I had a nosebleed. And at the end of the game, I oh. kind of went and I stood at the um, the side of the pitch and I was like, Conlon, you, you've done this to me. Um, thinking I'd have my say and he'd walk on by. And he didn't. Uh -huh. um, he came over to where I was and Barry Conlon was a big, scary looking fella. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah, that, that was a, a concern. But then there was, um, you're a Stockport fan, Andy Priest. Mm -hmm. He was oh, Stockport, yes. wasn't he? No, it surely yeah. well, was last time yeah. I checked. No time for that man whatsoever. So my last, one of the last away games I ever went to was Northwich Victoria in the FA Cup. Um, mm -hmm. And they were awful. Uh, to me from the second I arrived they had nowhere for me to change their stewards weren't going to let me back to get changed afterwards when I got changed they weren't going to let me in the ground and at half time I went out and I was round with our fans but they'd got our fans one side of the ground then it was their home end and then they'd got some of our fans the other side of the ground mm -hmm. so I went down past our fans there's another story there because I was ripping a cabbage up and throwing it in the stands as I was doing it <laughs> And when I got to the end and walked across the front of their fans, I thought, I'm not going to be provocative. I'm just going to walk with my head down. Um, but then their players started warming up off the field, doing that run where they run along the touchline. Right. Suddenly I was surrounded by Northwich players. So I was trying to just get past. And as I was walking along, Andy Priest just suddenly came up and he was absolute arsehole. So he came up and he was like little jabs in my stomach like that, going, where you going, mate? Where you going, mate? Where you going, mate? And it's like, I'm just trying to get out of your way. And then he, he literally gave my head and he just pushed me out of the way like that. And they said, why don't you tough kind of thing? And I'm just like, do you know what? I actually, I've, I've got a book out. I'm not trying to public, uh, push it. <laughs> I put in my book, I think, that at that point, I just, do you know what? I just went straight back in and got changed because it's like, yeah. there's no point in that. Do you know what I mean? I, I wasn't, if I'd been there deliberately, I would have deserved it. But I wasn't there deliberately. I was just trying to get to our supporters. So, And I yeah. think it hurts more. I think when it's a fan, you can blame yourself a little bit. Not in Leon's example, but when it's kids, you just have to take that because they do. When it's players, when it's people connected to the football club. Uh, mm -hmm. And I don't even blame Barry Conlon particularly um, because if he ever finds out, he'll tear me a new one. Um, 
But so, yeah, it's interesting. And I know you're going to go on to other mascots as well, but I'll let Leo, if Liam's had an argument with any other players first. Um, Can't imagine not, that. <laughs> you know no. Not, not, not with players. Um, yeah. I haven't had any with players yet. Yeah, no. Um, I'm trying to think about with players. I, I've got quite good relationships with, with, with players. And I think that's more because with the lower league look, I speak to them. As lowly, yeah. and they know who I am, so yeah. it, we're kind of in a. I suppose now it's different to how it was back then, where social media has put us in a position where we can speak to players outside of the game. And I suppose at the same time, players have got to be more careful because you know if if that if that what happened had been these like today, it'd be all over social media, and then that player mm. would get in trouble. And it just can't happen as much now. So I've never had any issues with players. I've had. Um, so is one for you, and it makes me laugh. And I was talking to uh, Swindon's ex-media manager, um, who, who left at the end of last season. We were having a chat the other day because I went down, and when I go to clubs, I I keep my podcast and my mascot in completely separate. Once I'm there, I don't ever acknowledge that I'm anything. If I'm there for lower league, look, I don't mention Bradford. If I'm there for Bradford, I don't mention. So it's always kept separate because then there's no muddy in the waters. And um, when I went to Swindon, I <laughs> honestly, there's so many things that went, went weird at Swindon. It was funny. Now, I've I, anyone who knows me knows I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with Swindon fans, and I love to wind Swindon fans up. I love to wind Swindon players up, and I know for a fact I have on multiple occasions wound both Charlie Austin and his wife up. Um, to the point where she still got me blocked on Twitter. Now, when I went to Swindon as Billy, Charlie Austin didn't know it was me. So when I'm stood in front of the Bradford fans and it's right where the Swindon fans warm up, they are literally two foot in front of me warming up during the game. Charlie Austin stood in front of me doing his stretches. So I'm mimicking him doing his stretches and he's talking to me and he's having a laugh back and forth and all that's going through my head is, if you knew who I was, <laughs> this conversation wouldn't be happening. But... When I when I was talking to the the Swindon media guy, I was like, he had no idea. He said, no, no, he, he didn't. But they did. They realised early on because I was taken on a tour of the stand, the main stand, before I did it. And um, I don't you know. You probably know I can be a bit outspoken at times, and I like to say things that maybe can be seen as a little bit controversial because I think they're funny. And as I was walking around the stand. We were coming down this staircase, and the guy that was taking me around said, oh, don't know if you've seen, but there was a, an old British drama, and it was actually filmed here, and this staircase is where the main scene was filmed. Don't know if you recognise it, and I just walked straight past. The media office is there. The door's open. They can all hear me, and I went, no. I said, but I recognise that reception over there from uh, Cap here. We'll take it away. And <laughs> that's all I said. Anyway, Ryan, from the real AFL, Ryan, Ryan gets a text from them saying, have you sent Liam here to spy? That's when they realised who I was when I made that comment. <laughs> and he, he te- when I got out of the suit, I had a text from Ryan like, what did you do? They're, they're, ask- they're asking if I've sent you there. I'm like, I didn't do anything, but I realised like, at the time, didn't think too much about what I'd said. I just, no. I did recognise the reception from Can't Pay Will Take It Away. Like the door, I found it really, really like, I don't know what the word is, but <laughs> the door that the bailiffs couldn't get through I had the code for. I, found it really, I really found that exciting. Like the bailiffs couldn't get in, but I can. 
And that's the that's what I think I like about it as well. Like you get to see the behind the scenes that fans don't get to see. And as a fan, like at Bradford, don't remember Bradford's very, very strict. I think we're one of the only clubs that still has kind of COVID restrictions in place when it comes to players. And I don't mean COVID restrictions in like testing and things, but the zones that were put in place have remained at Bradford. Hmm. So there's certain areas where I can't go, but I can go everywhere else. And it's, I used to have a dressing room that was directly above the players' dressing rooms and the players used to come in whilst I was getting changed. And like last season, Andy Cook came in and just took the helmet whilst I was getting changed and just took it down to the dressing rooms. And I'm like, I, I don't know what to do because I'm not allowed down to the dressing rooms. Like, but he's stolen my helmet. I'm like half-dressed. What do I do? So I went down and then I was like, I don't want to get in trouble. So I went and found, I think it was the ops director at the time. I said, look, I'm just letting you know. I said, I've been down there so because the players and management asked me to come down because they stole the helmet. And she was just like, if the players and manager ask you to go down, you do it. Like, that's not a problem. You don't, but you just don't wander in through these zones on your yeah. own. If you're taken in, that's absolutely fine. And yeah, to get to see the behind the scenes, and this is why I struggle with, I'm going to say I struggle. I don't. I, I, Derek Adams as Bradford's manager last season, not the one that's just finished the season before. Bradford fans hate him. Gary clearly isn't a fan. So I have separated in my mind Derek Adams out into Derek Adams as a person and Derek Adams as Bradford's manager. As Bradford's manager, Derek Adams was not good. But as Derek Adams a person, every match day, because I'd get there early and I'd have my kids with me, he would always come and find me. He'd come and say hello to the kids. He'd make them feel welcome. He'd always make sure he found me. He'd come and say hello. Even if we'd lost, he'd always speak and say goodbye, thanks for the day, whatever it is. So that kind of always, that's a big thing to me. And that's why I struggle to dislike him as a person. Because I don't dislike him as a person, but as a manager, yeah, I'll call out and I openly say he was a he was a bad manager. And I'll, I'll tell him that when I see him this season, because we're going to probably talk when we play Morecambe, if he's still there. But yeah, to get to see behind the scenes, it makes it more difficult to dislike players when things are going wrong. It really does. You can't do it, I suppose. Yeah. On, on the back of what you've said, I, I've, I've actually got three stories. <laughs> Just if it's okay <laughs> for me to pick up some of the stuff that um, Liam said. First go of all, wild. Bradford City always were a great, great club to go as to poacher. I used to go to Bradford every time that we played them. Um, and funnily enough, I don't know if the changing room is the same place, um, but it was the only place Benito Carboni saw me in my pants. And I remember thinking, that's, that's absolutely mad because he was... I don't think he was playing for you at the time. I think he must have come back on a, a visit or something. And I'm getting changed. It's like, it's Benito Carboni. I can't believe it. Um, but, yeah. but Bradford were great. And then a kind of a Bradford-related story. You say seeing behind the scenes. So that used to be great, but it was also nice to be able to take other people there. So I used to have to have somebody to help me to get changed. So it would be my dad and it'd be like, oh no, come down the tunnel, dad, it's not a problem. And he'd be, wow, I'm going down the Lincoln City Tunnel. And well, he wouldn't, he'd think that. My dad would just grunt because that's what my dad would do. Um, and I then used to take like a girlfriend down there if I could or like something like that. Peter Jackson, um, who was a Bradford legend, I know, um, actually almost made me quit as poacher because he banned women from the tunnel uh, before a game. I bear in mind, this is only, what, 2008, 2008-9 season? Uh, and at the time, the girl that I was seeing used to come with me and help me get changed, and he stopped them being in the tunnel. So she couldn't then help me get changed. The only person that was allowed down there was Mo, the kit lady. Um, 
But it was, again, it was brilliant. And away grounds, it was particularly nice. Telford were absolutely fantastic uh, in the FA Cup. They, you know, to give you the full tour and you do feel special. And I never made jibes about bailiffs anywhere um, that I went. So I was probably better received uh, than, than Liam was. And finally, one thing Liam said, it was the Charlie Austin story absolutely made me laugh because not knowing who you are is brilliant. So... We played Scunthorpe in about 2001, uh, December time it was. And it was it's a big local rivalry. And at half-time, I, I, I don't know whether we'd just scored or something, but I didn't used to go out at half-time. I thought, I'm doing this. I'm going out at half-time. So I went out and I walked across in front of the Scunthorpe end. And, and a poacher used to have three fingers. So I used to have a thumb and then my two fingers were joined into, into three. So anyway, I'm walking past these Scunthorpe fans and they're all singing about me. You know, what is that? Is that so? I'm I'm just gesturing. The gesture I'm making is a self-love gesture. Let's say um, at their fans. I get across in front of the fans, and and the police come over and they put their arm around me and they say, "You can't do that, mate. You're going to incite a violence. Don't do that again." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem." So I go back round. They start again, and this time I decide to wave at them, but I took one finger in. So I basically just got two fingers making a V sign as I'm waving at them as I go across. <laughs> I get across to the other side, and the police come one on either shoulder and it's like they've got me and they what they go come on that's what they go uh, we need to have a word for you they go you're uh you've, you've basically it's inciting a riot inciting a riot they said we're gonna take you off we need to have a chat with you and i'm like oh my god here we go so i get to the tunnel and they say right we'll wait here for you so i've gone down the tunnel absolutely crapping myself because i think i'm going to lose the job here even though i wasn't getting paid but i really but by that point i was invested in it so I've got changed. I've come out. I've walked up. I'm walking up the tunnel. I walk up to these police officers. They have not got a clue who I am. So I literally just walk straight past them, round, and go and take my seat in the ground. And about 15 minutes into the second half, I remember looking across, and they were still stood there at the tunnel waiting for me to come out. I don't know what they expected. Um, and then on the Monday <laughs> just, morning... Just the mask got in normal clothing. I know, yeah, yeah, just like a normal little head. And on the Monday morning, I got a call from the football club just saying, uh, there was a couple of policemen wanted to talk to you. Uh, you've got to watch your behaviour next time out. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I thought I was going to get arrested. But... Nobody knows who you are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I, I yeah, I don't, I've never been arrested. I don't think I've ever gone that bad. But... I was going to ask about actual brushes with the law. I don't no, think I've ever had any. Yeah. My, mine, mine aren't actually to do with being the mascot. Mine are to do with my antics. Podcast, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are to do with my antics away from the club. Um, yeah, and I'll give I'll give you an example. Um, and it, it makes me laugh. Like really makes me laugh. So Grant, who does the lower league up with me, is obviously from Scotland, and I've got a lot of friends from Scotland. Now near where they live, there's a there's like a little village Facebook page, and one of the lads had made a fake account and was on there posting pictures of a random dog asking if people had found it, saying he'd lost his dog. People were out looking for this dog. It didn't exist, right? So we joined it and started commenting. Now, I was like, has anyone checked the petrol station? Because I've heard the petrol station's um, a little bit of a local hangout area for dogs. Um, and people started getting angry. Then I took the picture and I just reversed it. So the dog had a white patch here and then black everywhere else. And when I reversed it, it had a white patch on the other side, was black everywhere else. And I posted the picture going, I've just found this dog, but it can't be it because it's white patches on the opposite side. I get to the game on Saturday and Grant's with me. It's the Bradford Hartlepool game. He's come down for the game. 
And as we're walking up, I get pulled aside because someone has screenshot these and sent them to the club and complained about me. And I, I like it's taken me so long to like I've removed all all traces of it off my social media because it's like when I explained the situation, I was like, it was a fake account and we were we were basically winding him up because he was trying, he was getting people out to look for a dog that didn't exist. And yeah, I got pulled for it. And I was like, I didn't actually do anything wrong. There isn't, I said, there isn't a missing dog. Like I'm not, all I, all I got told was when I walked in, have you been commenting on Facebook on somebody's missing dog post? And I just went, no, let me stop you right there. I need to tell you what's going on. But people will. And for me, I think that's quite vindictive, really. I really do. It is for, for, to see someone who's having a bit, having a bit of a laugh and a joke on Facebook, to contact what you think is their employers. Yes, I'm not, I'm not paid. I'm in a voluntary role, but they didn't know that. They contacted what they thought was my employers and tried to get me to lose my job over a, a joke. You know, that's, and it's taken me a while to sort of get my head around that and understand that you know maybe, even though it is a joke, certain people won't see it as that, and certain people will take it far too far, and it's just not worth it so yeah no i people will will try the best when they find out who you are i got in a little bit of trouble um when we played swansea city um a few years many years ago now because and again you could get away with with much much more back then and i wouldn't think of doing it now because now i'd think about it and go no that's a little bit wrong mate um but i got a blow up sheep and I wrote Mrs. Trundle on the side of it because Lee Trundle played up front for them at the time. And their fans were in the Stacey West End. And I put the sheep in goal and I was taking penalties against it, scoring and then like running, booting the sheep in. And kind of afterwards, as I came off the pitch, it wasn't actually the police, but it was one of our kind of guys came over and just said, I think you've taken it a little bit too far with the with the Mrs. Trundle thing. And then on the way out the ground, I was carrying the sheep and a Swansea fan asked me for it. Said, can I have your sheep? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Um, but on a more serious note, uh, so uh, I used I was involved also in some fundraising. I was involved in something called the 12th Imp, which was raising money in about 2011 for the club to try and keep us afloat um, before we went down. And uh, it got a little bit nasty with one or two of the other guys in it they it, it was just really unpleasant and i won't say names because i know what the guy's like and uh he started scouring my social media uh, and he was screenshotting things and sending it to the football club so at one point i i made a joke you know the train spotting um choose life choose the big television choose yeah. some football team that never wins i did that with lincoln city on social media because we were going down to the national league when get relegated choose some rubbish football club and he screenshotted it and sent that to the club and said this is your mascot he's bringing the game into distribute he's swearing on social media um and they filed it at where it deserved to be in the big metal mm -hmm. filing cabinet with the bin bag in it um, but unfortunately yeah. he was also sending those to my actual employer and my actual employer was an asshole uh, and i ended up getting the sack so i ended up actually losing my job over it which again without wanting to take it down too far kind of prompted a spell of stress and depression and yeah and it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty nasty at the time. And it's surprising how, you know, we're there to have fun and we're there to to do what we can do. And then people will just, one or two people, there's some people out there, man, who are not right. And I think, I think for me, just on that, the, the reason that you, like, I don't at any games get to be disappointed, if that makes sense. 
if it's a terrible, if we lose 5 0, I've still got to be happy about it. And it's hard as a fan to do that. And that's why I think sometimes you do come home and you go on social media and you'll have that. I don't want to say like a rant, but it's kind of, it's the only place you get to let off any sort of steam towards the situations because you're there, you know, and I've got like my, I, we get given gear to wear as, as staff, like as, as volunteers. So once I'm out of the billy suit, I've got my staff stuff on, I've got my pass. I can't walk out, you know, swearing about the performance and this player did this and I, oh, this is rubber. Can't do that. No matter what you think inside, you've got to keep it in. So once you get home or you get into the car, and like I find myself driving home sometimes just in silence after games, and I'm like, then I'll start talking to myself, and it's the only chance you get to get it out. And I don't think people appreciate that. I don't think people appreciate what you give up to do what we do. Like we do. It, don't get me wrong. It's I love it and it's great, and I am grateful that I get to be the one to do it. But you do sacrifice a hell of a lot to do it like personal life wise you might get to and the ultimate sacrifice my baby was due on the 11th of january this year we played rochdale at home on the 10th on the night the tuesday evening i was there like my missus obviously my missus a volunteer for the club as well she's like what happens if i go into labor i'm like ring paula Paula's the upstart. Ring her. Paula will put an announcement out and I'll come home. Um, anyway, we lost 2-1 to Rochdale. I wish I'd stayed at home. Like, but <laughs> it's, you can only really have... I've got a really close circle of people that I feel like I can talk to really about being a fan. I can't talk about being a fan, or even on Twitter now, because at the end of the season, I put a thing on saying thanks. It's the first time I've ever acknowledged being... Billy Bantam, like publicly, people have known and they've always gone, aren't you Billy Bantam? And I just ignore it. But at the end of the season, because we'd had a good season in comparison to recent years, and I put a thing on with a picture of me and Harry Lewis hugging and I was like, guys, you know, thank you very much. It's been great. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Really appreciate the support. See you next season. But even now, if somebody puts a comment on with a ridiculous Bradford transfer rumour, something that's never going to happen, and I comment going, well, that's not going to happen. Should you be saying that? Yeah, Should you be saying that as someone who works yeah. for the club? Because you clearly have inside information. It's like, I don't have inside information. I just know full well that we're not signing Mario Balotelli. Like, and that's the level of... <laughs> you dress up well, in a yeah. suit. Who's going to come to you and go, do you know what we're right. doing, actually? Guy who dresses up in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what? It's not just fans. So everyone's favourite manager, Mark Cooper. We all know Mark Cooper. The absolute weapon of a man. Um, I'll say it. I'm not bothered. I'm not bothered about saying it. He's not a nice man. He got sacked from Barrow and he was on, I think, an eight-game ban for making a comment about how it was a man's game to a female official. Last season, when he was Barrow manager, he was sat on the wall at the side of the... You know, you know, Gareth, you've been there. When you've come out, where the, where the first block of the main stand is at Bradford, there's the wall before the dugout. He's sat on that wall. Yeah. And I'm walking around. This is before the fans have come in. Players have just arrived from Barrow. So I'm down on the pitch just saying hello, having a look, because um, Niall Canavan, I think, had signed for them, and I went to say hello. I had um, I had the suit with me, but didn't have it on. And as I'm walking past, he goes, oh, where are you playing today then? I was like, well, I'm mascot, a big chicken. I showed him the suit. I went, I'm playing on wing, thinking that's the obvious joke. I'm a chicken. I'm playing on the wing. And then his face just changed, and he went, well, you don't need no more effing strikers, do you, with money that you guys have spent here? And I just went... <sighs> don't really think we've spent that much money. He went, don't you believe what them upstairs have told you? I promise you, you've spent a fortune. And I just looked at him. I was like, 
I'm the mascot. Like, what do you think they tell me? Like, you you believe that I'm involved with the finances of this football club? Like, I've got odd socks on, mate. Do I look like I'm in charge of anything here? <laughs> and it was like, and then he got sacked. And I was so delighted when he got sacked because it was like, you are beyond help. But yeah, it's not just fans that kind of don't understand boundaries. It's it's people within the game. But other than that, everyone that I've met has been ace. I've, I've had the best time doing it. And I always go into every single game that I do as if it could be the last time because you don't even have to do something. Like I could literally do nothing. If someone puts in a complaint that's serious enough, they'd just stop me doing it because I'm a volunteer. It costs them nothing to find someone else. They'd stop me doing it. Doesn't matter whether they can prove it's true or not. If the accusation is serious enough, there's not much I can do about it. And I appreciate that. So I go into every game thinking this could be my last and it kind of pushes you to go that bit further. And I don't know. It's, you know, Carlisle playoff. That was the last game that I did. I'm standing on a little balcony above their, their home fans and they're throwing e-cigs at me. They're shouting all sorts at me. And they were trying to climb over the fence at me, and I'm just stood smiling. Like, and there's people from the Bradford end taking photos and sending me them because, like, they can see what the Carlisle fans are trying to do, and they can just see me smiling. And I'm laughing. I've not got the suit on. I'm in my normal thing here. And uh, then I'm like, I've got to leave this ground. <laughs> I've got to walk to my car <laughs> with this suit in this big bag. Luckily, they all stayed behind and pitch invaded, so I got out pretty clean. But I remember that someone from the club rang me on the way home. They were like, "Oh, you were on that balcony, weren't you?" You know, I said, "Yeah." They said, oh, what were it like watching from the game from there? I was like, I wish I'd jumped. Because <laughs> we obviously lost in extra time. I was like, I wish I'd jumped. That's how bad I feel. Obviously, I felt fine. You know, by the time I got home, I was like, it is what it is. We move on. We go on and do. We just win the league next year. Um, so that's my my plan for it, Hannah. I know that's going to upset you a little bit. But, but I mean, Hannah's muted, so we can just... I can just carry on that like she didn't just because start it was raining really quite heavily here so i that's why i muted myself and um, no it's just that it's um yeah as long as we get top three and i don't have to endure playoffs i'm i'm yeah. fine so you can win the league that's all right um gary what was the catalyst for you stopping being poacher um the actual catalyst uh was uh my partner because I moved away, so I had to stop it. I nearly stopped several times after uh, the incident with the guy who, who tried to get yeah. me the sack. The club began to die around me, and they brought somebody in to support me in the role after f uh, 15, 16 years. And um, yeah, he was doing big events, so I would turn on the YouTube, and he had been and done something brilliant in the town. And it's like, well, hang on, that's that's me. I've always been poacher. I've always done it. I've always done the events. So I felt I felt undervalued. Um, they stopped. This is going to sound really bad. They stopped me drinking on match days, and they didn't want me <laughs> turning up smelling a beer, which for 15, for 14, 15 years. Yeah, I know Liam's kind of going kind of understanding it really, can't you? Um, it's a bit but, of a fair argument. But, yeah. but the, the thing is, like from from the era of mascots that I came from. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was what happened. I mean, you know, I remember yeah. you know, going on nights out with mascots and watching Cyril the Swan and Millwall's Zampa the Lion beating the crap out of each other outside a chip shop in Shrewsbury. And then the next day, everyone was hung over and we went and played a big football match. And when you went away, I mean, I was drinking with Ron at Shrewsbury at 20 to 3 before a game and we still had to go out and do it. And he's like, oh, no, we'll get one more. And it was what you did. And 
it makes me sound like a footballer from the 80s, doesn't it? Like Tony Adams yeah. or something. And then the club were like, well, you stink a beer when you turn up. And to be fair, they had a point. And I was meant to be doing filming with Morecambe. Uh, it was the Morecambe mascot and it was a television crew up at the cathedral. And I went out the night before, got in at six in the morning, absolutely no chance. Managed to get a lift to the ground for five to for about quarter to three. So I went in the bar just for a quick one beforehand. I'd completely ignored him and sat down with my dad. And he's like, Oh, did you go and do that thing? And I'm like, No, no. I just messaged him and told him I won very well. He said, Well, I think they know that you probably are. They were sat on the table behind me and they would I'd turn around and I just had this stony look. So it was a fair point. It was a fair mm. point. They maybe should have stopped me drinking after I inadvertently peed myself on the pitch, but um, they did. They didn't. Although, to be fair, that was Steve Fletcher's fault because I needed a wee and I, I could have held it in. And it was a hot day. I'd been drinking till about two o'clock, didn't get to go to the toilet, rushed around, and I laid down on the pitch thinking I can just hold it in for a little while. And Steve Fletcher came and he put he, he put his foot on me and then stepped off me. So he just pressed my bladder down. Well, of course, as soon as he did that, it was like a squirty gun. It just started coming out. And I was laid under a sprinkler at the time and the sprinkler was going. And I'm thinking, do you know what? I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to go with it. So I just finished and let the sprinkler go on me and then got up and walked away. It's a bit of a stretch blaming someone else for that, Gary, because I, you know, I, I wouldn't ever imagine if I pushed on someone's stomach that they just start pissing themselves. That's yeah, but that's not something that I thought would happen with a mascot. Well, it's not a one. One, it's not just a push. I mean, it's a grown man's weight, and Steve Fletcher was a big, a big fella. Two, basically, I'd lost track of time, so I'd been in a pub called the Golden Cross on the High Street, and I'd got with different people, and they were like, "I'll buy me a drink here and there." It was towards the end of a season, I think. And I kind of, and then somebody said, oh, yeah, it's quarter past two, you're going to be late. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I've got to be out at half two, we've got the photos and all that. So literally, I've just run straight to the ground. Well, you know what it's like. I hadn't kind of broke the seal, and then the seal broke itself. So then there was nothing that I could do. So, but yeah, you know, rightfully, the, the club began to clean up and they began to, they wanted to stop me drinking. And, and I did, I managed oh, that. The seal. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I used to clean the suit, by the way. They never did any cleaning of the suit at all. It used to come back to mine for about three seasons. It would come back to mine, go in my spare, and then I'd turn up the next week and it would just smell just as bad. So like, basically my house smelled like a damp sofa that had been out on somebody's front yeah. lawn for a month. Um, and then I started cleaning it. But yeah, I just, do you know what? I wouldn't still be doing it now because I, I gave up. Plymouth was the last game, FA Cup 2013. We drew 0-0. They gave me a, a, a picture, a presentation. I got an ovation. It was absolutely amazing. And then I moved back and I did the first game of the next season. And then they asked me to do another game later on in the season. And it was kind of, it was almost like a heroin addict having given up and then like mm -hmm. one hit, one hit. And then we, as I, I think I said on air earlier, we played Braintree in 2016 and I pulled their new suit on and I was too big for the suit. And when you're too, and I've lost weight now, but when you're too tubby for a six foot mascot suit, you know, people go, oh, I bet you're warm in that. And it was the suit actually go, Jesus Christ, I'm doing all the hard lifting here. And at that point, <laughs> I'm like, I'm out, I'm done. And, and now I wouldn't get away with it because I couldn't go out and do what, I mean, Liam, you sound like you've got a bit of personality. Our mascot is sanitized and rightly so. They do the kids thing. They do the photos. They'll take the odd penalty, but they don't run up and down the touchline. They don't go to the referee. I mean, I would yeah. simulate doggy style with opposition mascots and stuff like that. It was. Yeah. <laughs> I've made I've made mass, I've made opposition fans like children cry. Um, oh, gotcha. But obviously, not knowing that that was what was going to happen. There's a so look. I've got 
there's two there's two little stories here and I feel bad for one of them but not the other so the one where I made the little girl cry I don't feel bad for at all because I thought it was hilarious and I, it was Tranmere not this season season before and I walked around and she had Billy Bantam's teddy and she had a I don't know what their mascot's called it's a dog isn't it um, where at she had a, Tranmere oh no idea no yeah. idea. She had a mascot, a teddy of their mascot, and a teddy of ours. So I got the Billy Bantam teddy and I held it up, and their fans booed. So I got their mascot and I held it up, and they all cheered. And remember, it was a Tuesday night, it was freezing cold, it was raining, it was wet. And then I just turned around and just launched it straight out touchline. It landed in a puddle. This little girl started crying. I just turned around and walked away. Um, oh, the worst oh, I've that's done. Awful. Right. No. Okay. The, but but that was like it was like that was it was funny at the same time like the dad found the dad found it hilarious it was just the little girl didn't and I could see why and what, I how, she, was it something organized like as in how, how did she come to have a mass like a teddy for for each team I, um, I think that her dad must buy a a mascot teddy for each club they visit oh right. Quite so, cute. so she had a new Billy one, and then she had their mascot one. She must just right. take both, and I just grabbed their mascot one, held it up. They all cheered, and I was like, "No, you just booed me!" So I turned and just frisbeed it down line. Um, so the worst. Stole... So hang on. So no, hang on. So you stole a small child's toy. That's the she the got it back. It was wet, yeah. and bear in mind that the mascot and the suit, the, the shirt, the mascot hat, sorry, the teddy hat on was white. It was a very white teddy. <laughs> Um, but the worst was last season we played. So I, I do this thing and I do it every game. I walk towards the away fans. I have a football that I take on the pitch and take shots with. And I walk towards the away fans and I always pick out a fan. Now, Gary mentioned that you can only, when you can only see through the mouth, Billy Banton's mouth looks down. So I can see the floor about five foot in front of me. That's mm -hmm. my vision. I can't see at the sides. I can't see in front. So as I'm walking towards the away end, the bottom half of people come into view and I can see that this, this, person stood there with a, a long blue coat on and I'm like I'm going to give the ball to her so as I walk over and I hold the ball out as she goes to grab it I throw it over my shoulder and I turn and I walk away that's what I do every game as I did it and I turn the boo the noise from the Swindon fans was unlike anything I'd heard and I'm walking away going oh they're angry like why are they so angry so I pick the ball up now the guys who do the Fools Rush in Swindon podcast, they were there for the game. And I'd said to them, once I've got changed, I'll come around and I'll sit with you for the game. Like for the first half, I'll come and sit in the away end. So I've got changed and I'll go down. I've got my pass so I can walk around the side of the pitch. And I'm walking around and I'm getting closer to the away end. And I'm walking down the touchline and I can see this blue coat. And I'm like, oh, there she is. She's crying. Why is she wearing headphones? And I'm getting oh, closer right. and I'm like, I'm like, she's not wearing headphones. She's got ear defenders on. And I'd picked the only girl that was disabled in the Swindon fans. And obviously I didn't know. And I, I remember going in the away and I went up and I stood with them and they didn't even look at me. They went, you know what you've done, don't you? I went, yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And that, that's what I, I feel genuinely. It is. And I remember speaking to the club. No, but I spoke to, I, I was like, I need to nip this in the buddy immediately. And I spoke to the club the next day. I was like, look, you might get an email, but this is what happened. I said, I, I, said I did the same as I do every single game, but mm -hmm. I didn't know. But yeah, as I was walking down, I was like, why has she got headphones on? And then it just, I, I, the, the colour in my face must have just gone. And I was like, oh no. And I had to keep walking. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, this is this is bad. But that, that's the that's the one that I feel bad for. We I've gone out of my way for 
away, and I will always go out of my way for away fans at, at grounds. I'll always go over and see them. And I get told not to go to the away fans a lot. You know, don't go over. There are there's higher category risk fans, but you know, if there's a little kid stood at the front of that stand, I'm gonna go over and say hello. And you know, their fans might start abusing me. Doncaster's fans were abusing me. I had some photos with some kids at the front, and as I turned, one of them launched a two liter. But now we got it in because they won't let me in with a bottle lid, right? A two-liter bottle of Fanta with the lid on, sealed, launched it from the back of the stand, and I heard this, this thud, and it just dug in the ground next to me. And I was like, "Wow!" That'd have hit me. So I picked it up and took the lid off and pretended to drink it, and then walked away. But I was like, "Christ, this is this like that could that could have been bad." And mm. you know, there's there's risks. I once, I once flashed a parent. Is that, is that anything to do with this, or are you just? This isn't, a conf, this isn't confession time, Gary. This is not just confess to your crimes. This well, is just to be, to be fair. Actually, I've, I've kind of had two malfunctions in that manner. In uh, I used at one point the the, the bottoms because they, they I don't know what yours are like. Mine used to go on like wrestlers' tights, so you had the furry yeah, yeah. legs up to the lower thigh, and then yeah, the yeah. rest pulled up to your waist. And over the time, they used to get quite ripped. And other than that, I just used to have a pair of shorts, and I once wore inappropriate boxer shorts. And basically, one of the uh, one of the the love eggs got a bit exposed as I crouched down to pick a football up. But that, nobody saw that. That wasn't the flash. That was just I went down and I'm like, "Ooh, that's nippy. That's that's yeah. I'm not going to crouch down again." And after that, I made sure that I wore tighter fitting shorts. So um, I used to get changed, and, and this is kind of playing into to and here I go with it. This is playing into Hannah's Jimmy Savile last week. So, um, boom, the big weeks in a row. Um, so I used to get changed in the same room that the kid mascots got changed in. But what would happen? I would get changed in there at, at two o'clock. I would mm. go out. They would then go in, get changed, and come out. Then I would go and have to wait for them in the corridor. They would all come out, and then I would go in. So we, I've been out. They've all got changed. They've all come out. I've gone in, suit off, suit off. And again, I don't know if it's the same for Liam, but it got so hot that I would take spare underwear. I'd take spare everything. Yeah. So I'm in there. I've got the, I mean, it was a warm day. I've got these boxes on. They're saturated. And it just, do you know what? I, was, I get, sometimes I do this thing and I do it around the house. And Liam, uh, Ryan, if you clip this up, I will kill you. But sometimes I like to shake the boxes down onto my foot, kick him up in the air and catch them. Do you know what I mean? Like a little bit of a like, oh, yeah. Um, so I'm getting changed. I've shaked, I've shut these soaking wet boxes down. I've just kicked them and they've shot across the room. I'm like, yeah, I'm stood there. No one's coming in. And the door opens and a mother comes in. The kids forgot his bag. And I am literally just stood there with, and this is the best bit, with just a pair of odd socks on. Liam said about the odd socks. And I've panicked. <laughs> I've made eye contact. And it's like, ooh, this is a little bit. And so I've grabbed the nearest thing to me. And it's the kitchen. It's the tea towel off the where the tea lady made the tea and so i'm just stood there basically with her tea towel on my knackers just like uh and this lady just looks at me and she goes sorry i've forgotten my bag and just leans down gets the bag and the whole time i'm literally just stood there holding a tea towel we're like yeah no worries no worries and then the door shut and i'm like right from then on did you follow like, the tea no. towel sorry no no i just put it back on the side i mean oh. <laughs> it's not my tea towel um so yeah from then on, like I even the next game, I even wore the wet boxer shorts for the rest of the game because I was too worried about sliding them off. Nice. So, on the kind of premise of game recognizes game, which mascots 
or are there any mascots that you kind of see around and you think not like maybe a bit of professional jealousy in terms of some of their tactics or Liam's like shaking his head like no I am the chicken I really liked Hangus the monkey from Hartlepool but 20 years ago <laughs> 20 years ago, when it was a guy called Stuart Drummond. Now, I don't know if you've heard the story of Stuart Drummond. Yes, I have. I know this story. (laughs) Basically, Hangus was an absolute animal. He was the first away mascot to come to mind, and he he schooled me. He he tapped me on the shoulder and pointed up, and I had to look up like that, and it was sun straight in my eyes, and he blinded me. And I'm like, whoa, and as I stepped back, he had... had crouched behind me, and I tripped over him. And, of course, he's got up on my own patch running away, and then we, we everywhere we went, he was on the beer, and he was a monster on the beer. We went to Ant and Deck, and he was saying how he had to sign a um, behavioural order thing with Hartlepool because he had gone to a playoff game at Blackpool, uh, and he had ended up in his hangers thing, walking down the seafront with a blow-up doll with a Blackpool thing on, and they <laughs> breath-tested him, and he was so much over the limit. Um and then they campaigned for Hangus for mayor at Hartlepool, and he, he, he didn't buy into it at all. He, at the time, he did no campaigning, nothing. And the people of Hartlepool voted him in as mayor. And as soon as they voted him in, he ditched the suit and took up the position of mayor of Hartlepool. And about two years later, you can look this up, he won European Mayor of the Year. And he, I I had a little bit of professional jealousy for him and for Cyril the Swan, just because the guy that did Cyril the Swan was called Eddie and he was in all the papers, and he was, you know, he beat up Zampa the Lion, he did all sorts of stuff, and you know, at the time, you wanted, you it wasn't about what you did, you wanted infamy. If you were the one in the paper, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, look at what they're doing, that's brilliant. Did you, so, you, you forgot, there's an important part to that uh, Hangus story as well. Do you know what his policy was? Uh, was it free bananas for everybody, or something like that? Free bananas, <laughs> for, all. Free yeah. bananas for all, that was his policy, and he got voted in. And I don't know if yeah. he ever fulfilled that policy, but he's a politician, so probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, for, for me, I think Gary's kind of touched on it. We're in a different time now to what it was back then. So everything's pretty uniform. I find at most clubs and most mascots, like they do the same things. They go out, they walk around the outside of the stadium, they have photos, they go inside, they walk around the pitch, they have photos, they come off, they mm-hmm. get changed, they go watch the game. No one really does what I do anymore in terms of like, and I've not done it that long. I've, I came into it at a time where that's the norm. So I'm kind yeah. of doing what I grew up seeing. Like I grew up seeing the mascots do these things and I'm doing them and I'm kind of grateful that I'm allowed to do them. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, like I do push boundaries at times. time. I'm, I've kind of got this the frame of mind of it's better to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Um, mm-hmm. And we've kind of got this running joke now with like the ops director of the club where like, if my phone rings before 12 a.m. on a, um, before, sorry, 12 p.m. on a Monday, I know I'm in trouble because they have a meeting on a Monday morning. And if my phone goes before 12 and it's her, I know that I've done something. If I get to 12, I'm fine. And like, you know, they, they've, they've done a lot. They've stood by me through a lot of things. And I, you know, I could have, they probably could have let me go on a certain things, but at the same time, it's learning. It's been a learning curve for me, what I can and can't do. I don't, there's, there's things that I want to do that I can't get them to sign off on. Like even like I want to zip line from the, the roof of the cop. And I've been saying since day one, this has been my plan. Um, I've said, I want to zip line from the roof of the cop down into the goal mouth at the opposite end. They will not sign off on that in the slightest, like at all. And every single time 
Well, every single time I see Bradley, who was the health and safety officer, I ought to say, come on, come on now. And if there's someone with her, I'll tell them and get them on board. <laughs> so that she's got a hard... I'm like, come on, just give me a zip. I, I, I'll sign any waiver you want. I'll sign anything, anything. If I get hurt, no one can get in trouble. It's me. It's on, they're not going for it. And that's... Yeah, that's that's what I want to do, things like that. But I get that you can't. And, you know, maybe in the 90s, early 2000s, they probably would have signed off on something like that. But... They wouldn't have signed off on me to do that. <laughs> just, just, maybe not for you. Just for absolute clarity, there would have been, there would have been yeah, no Maybe not for you, because can you imagine you trying to climb to the top of the stand? No, I'd, well, I did. I got stuck deep. on a climb. I got stuck on a climbing wall at our open day. Four things up because thinking poacher, oh, I was fine. I can do it. And I got so far up, looked down, and that was when the me kicked in. And I'm scared of heights. And literally, <laughs> I've got a picture of me just frozen to this climbing wall like that. Yeah. When I said like that, the listeners can't obviously yeah. see that. Oh, they can imagine, imagine, they're imagine they're envisioning a, it. Yeah, terrified yeah, on the climbing wall. Spider Man, if it was a massive imp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Spider Man, that... massive fanny. <laughs> there's there's no one really that I look at. I think the closest is is mighty mighty mariner at Grimsby because mm-hmm. he kind of does that up. Yeah, James, yeah. yeah, yeah. He James does the Wiley, old school yeah. stuff, um, and he's done it for a long time. So he's kind of still in that mentality. And like mm-hmm. when I was very, I don't want to say reserved, but like I wasn't as forward as a mascot as I am now until I went to Grimsby and I saw what he got to do. Mm-hmm. And when I saw what he was doing, I was like, hang on, he's not doing any no one's saying he's doing anything wrong here so i started doing what he was doing during the game and then brought it back with me and i've, I've kind of just evolved it from there and you know there's this there's, there's, there's little things like i'll challenge opposition players to getting goal when they finish the warm-ups and i'll take a shot against them and you know same with the you know the kids taking penalties gary like you mentioned no no child scores i don't let them score um huh. and i always pick out one child that is usually the gobbiest and the most angry. And there was there were Bradford's. They have a, a young disability team that play on the pitch, and um, they always play at half time. And they always say, "Oh, Billy, Billy, will you come and be in goal for some penalties at half?" Yeah, of course I will. Um, and there's one kid, and he is I think seven or eight years old, and he's he's the nicest kid you'll ever meet. But when he misses a penalty, he has the foulest mouth you've ever heard. <laughs> So I don't let him score because I want to see yeah. that and I want to hear it. And he's screaming and swearing at me to the point where the coach is going, Liam, are you going to let him score? I'm like, no, I am not no, at no. all. Let him have another one. I need to see this. And eventually he scored and he got worse because his celebration <laughs> was just him swearing as he ran past me. I'm like, this is incredible. I'm like, you enjoy it. You're on the pitch. Enjoy it. That is incredible. And uh, yeah, no, it's 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 so enjoyable. I think there's a there is a satisfaction to it and Weirdly, there's kind of a. I, was, I, I don't want to say smug because I don't think it's smugness, but you, you know what I mean, Gary. There's like a. You feel kind of part of your club. I think it, from listening to both of you, it sounds like it, it feels like a massive privilege to yeah. be, uh, you know, to have that responsibility. But, um, you know, like like Gary said at the beginning, to be involved in the memories that people are making and those like they're proper core memories going to. Mm-hmm going to games and meeting the mascot and you know everything that goes with it is part of that ritual and yeah i think it is a very privileged position and uh, thank you for sharing your stories about it absolute yeah. pleasure love it 
It's been fun. So, you, can I can I take over now? And I'm going to yes, we can take over. I think we're going to have to be quick, aren't we? We're going to be really quick as well. Well, so do you know what? Do you know what? We won't go too much into it. What? Because we'll, we're going to we'll we'll just say what's happening in the next 24 hours or 48 hours, and then we'll say where you're going to be. So, Hannah, you f- yeah. fly tomorrow morning. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Ryanair, so probably. Yeah, there's a good chance <laughs> that you, you you get in there somehow. Yeah. Um, but you're going out to. Going to, I'm flying to Mercia and we're going to San Pedro del Pinatar. As the Spaniards would call it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I said, said with perfect pronunciation there. San Pedro. Um, yeah. yeah. A Mancunian Spaniard. Um, because it's their first, well, I don't know if it's, your, I'm guessing it's your first preseason it is game our for both clubs. first preseason game yeah, on Stockport Friday against Lincoln. Lincoln. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So the rumours are already started about who's flown and who's been seen at the airport in the photos. And yeah, oh, so that a couple of days of that to look forward to. Yeah, so we're flying tomorrow and back on Saturday. And I think on Wednesday night, Preston North End are playing Bruno's Magpies. And on Saturday, Millwall are playing someone, but I don't know who. Um, oh, wow. So San Pedro, San Pedro is, San Pedro. is the place to be this week place to be um well yeah. once you're back i believe um you're going on gary's other podcast I am. you are Me, gary tell uh, us tell uh, us what uh, that is and when it's gonna be guess. um so that's the stacy west podcast found on stacywest.net or all your usual podcast providers the same as this one um and i shall be trying to get the lowdown on lincoln from hannah because it's always nice to get uh, an opposition view and, and let's face it they're they glorified training games aren't they but it's it's nice to go over and i, I wish yeah. i was going um unfortunately i'm going to boston instead in two weeks time which um it's not much requires... different no ryanair don't fly there unfortunately no, so i'm no. gonna have to drive instead i was gonna say boston massachusetts or, or boston lincolnshire because <laughs> well that affected that's... how i reacted to that well, that should have affected. There's a story, isn't there? That's Paul Gascoigne when he was asked if he would sign for Boston. He believed he was going to America, uh, oh. and it was only after he had agreed to sign that he realised he was going to play for Steve Evans at Boston United. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, right. Well, have we got time for? We thought we go. We're going to quickly get out. Here. We all. We both got a rose. Oh, we got time. I haven't even thought. I haven't thought one. I, I think we've. I've got one. I've, I've got, got one, one. But I feel yeah, like it might be universally accepted. So yeah, mine's going to be universally accepted as well. But I feel like it's time to say it. Right. Two club fans. Yep. Done. Next. Yeah. <laughs> get in the get in the bin. Get in the bin. Hannah, go. Uh, those awful horns. At... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, those ones. They were not really a thing at Edgeley Park, but um, at the England game. The other week, it was absolutely horrific. Yeah, so the, is it? Yeah, Gary said Vuvuzela. Vuvuzela. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they should have gone a long con- time ago. I've got a controversial one, which might get me banned. Go on then. The BBC podcast, website. I hope not. The, well, no, no, it's not certainly not. It's your podcast. You're the stars of the show. The um, the BBC not differentiating between whether they're talking about men or women's football on their headlines, mm. right? Because they'll put. Chelsea signs such and such, or Arsenal mm. in Champions League, or something like that. I don't care if they put men's to Arsenal. I don't care about that, but I think that they should differentiate because I think that technically is clickbait because they're not telling you who they're actually talking about. We don't like vague headlines. No, no, we just write them. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're, just, we're going to be a bit rich complaining about clickbait headlines here, Gary. I don't, I don't think we can really get away with that being being on the uh, – because that's kind of your living. <laughs> you just well, that's not my living. It's the, it's the side hustle, but, yeah. You, 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 one day it will be your full-time living. Yeah, but the BBC the are not a clickbait site, are they? The BBC are a public service. So I think they should go for clarity. The BBC don't need to get you in. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, think, I think the reason that they're doing it, and it's it's probably it's more about the level of the quality. Well, no, no, it's about I think it's about the fans. If they said Chelsea women qualified, they wouldn't get the views, and that's that's being honest. The views wouldn't be there as much as if Chelsea sign star striker, and it's talking about Chelsea's women. People are going to click on it, regardless. Yeah. It's a, if they said Chelsea's men sign star, sign star striker, they'll click on it. If it said Chelsea's women, not as many would, and that's just because, unfortunately, the games aren't seen on a level playing field. Yeah, so I don't think it's done as a clickbait in that sense, like in the same way that other news ag- news agencies would. It's done more of a to get eyes on the women's game. Maybe I think that's what it is. But saying that, though, the BBC, the BBC's model outside of the UK on the website is commercial and like they have adverts. And so, you know, given that these articles are served globally, then there may well be a degree of that, that, you know, someone like if you if you're in the US and you go on BBC.com, there are adverts everywhere. Uh, it's it's completely a completely different experience. So it may Fair be enough. to a certain extent. It was only a quick one that I thought of on the hop. You two had good rose heads. So I've just got crap on. So. Sorry, <laughs> because right, I had the I had the we and myself story, and I've had a flashing story. So I think that we're all equal now. Yeah. yeah and you, and for some reason you you brought Jimmy Savile up again. Somehow me making a disabled girl cry wasn't the worst part of the night. <laughs> That's a talent that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, I've enjoyed this, but I've actually got to go because I've just been summoned through the window You've by my summoned. partner because I was meant to walk the dog 20 minutes ago. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is absolutely fine. Right. Um, you well, can finish off then. I will. Hannah, enjoy Spain. Thank uh, you. I'm not going to butcher the name like you did. Enjoy Thank Spain. You. We'll see you next week and enjoy being on Gary's podcast. Gary, enjoy walking the dog. Um, Thank you very much. Try not, indeed. To, wet, try not to wet yourself. And, uh, I'll try not to flash anybody as well. To well it's only my partner, yet. so you never know, do you? Mate, newlyweds <laughs> as well. She probably wants to see it. Um, guys, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. I don't know what number this is, but whatever it is this week, it'll be the next one next week. We'll be back on transfers and stuff then. Bye for now. Bye. the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow you've got your McNugget share box on the go and you know what your mates already got booked for double dipping but then late on you steal in grab the last nugget and snatch all three points perfect why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app Are you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com this podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.